Hallelujah. Come on, give it up for Dominion Worship. Come on. We love them. We're so thankful. Please remain standing. Please remain standing for the reverence of reading God's Word. I am undeniably, I am undeniably on assignment tonight. I want to give a disclosure before I even begin to release the revelation. This is one thing that I've been in meditation of even today. That many of you while you're in this season of fasting and Daniel fasting. I heard the Lord say today in, in a moment of prayer while I was seeking the Lord. He said you have shunned your lips from meat in the natural. He said but I am about to serve the people the meat of the spirit. And so tonight I know what I am cutting into is literally, uh, uh, it's just the beginning of a steak of the meat of God, the word of God, that I believe that we have in the natural, we have, we have suppressed ourselves from meat in the natural. But I believe what God wants to do in this room tonight is begin to give the stake of the kingdom of God. I believe that there's meat in the house of God. He said that bring it in, that there may be meat in my house. See, there's meat in this house tonight. I'm telling you, there's meat. And I got to teach tonight because if I don't, I don't want to talk over your head. But what I'm about to give you is a practical principle that if you take and implement it in your life, everything can dynamically begin to shift and change in your life. I am confident of this. I told the Lord on the way here tonight, I said, God, I don't know the last time I've been this excited to preach. I know... I know that I know that I know that now word of the Lord is in my mouth tonight. But even beyond that, I know that I know that the people of God are in the room tonight. And if the people of God in the room get the mouth of the, uh, the word of the Lord in the mouth of his vessel, then lives are completely transformed and changed. What I will tell you is get your notepads ready. Because over the next several weeks on Wednesday nights exquisitely, we are going to begin to break down and talk on this topic of open heaven. But now go with me, if you will, to Ezekiel chapter 1. Ezekiel chapter 1 and verse 1. When you're there, say amen. Now it came to pass in the thirtieth year of the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river Chibar, that the heavens were open. Somebody say, the heavens were open. And I saw visions of God. And on the fifth day of the month, which was in the fifth year of King Jehachin's captivity, verse 3, the word of the Lord came expressly to Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzai, in the land of the Chaldeans by the river Chebar, and the hand of the Lord was upon him there. I want to go back through and highlight a couple things. Go back into verse 1, and it says, And the heavens were opened. And in that same verse it says, I saw visions of God. And then in the verse 3 it says that the word of the Lord came expressly and the hand of the Lord was upon him there. Father, we thank you for your word. Woo. Father, we thank you for what is about to be established and the saints that are about to be equipped. Father God, in my zeal, Father of the fire of this word that I know that you've put in me tonight, God, I, I ask 
for the Holy Spirit's help not to become so so zealous God that that I would stammer and stumble father God even over words but God that the words of my mouth would be like the pen of a ready writer writing the word of God upon the tablets of the hearts of your people and father I ask tonight for you to give them an ear to hear what the Spirit is speaking expressly even into the church of Jesus Christ father I pray that tonight God the believers of God would hear the word of the Lord and their soul would be revived and quickened because of it. Father, that the word tonight would be like the word on your lips at Lazarus' tombs, that dead things would be quickened, that things that were bound would be loosened, and things that were in dark would come out into the light. And Father God, we thank you tonight that as the word of God goes forward, it will accomplish that which you sent it to do in Jesus' mighty name. And all of God's people said, amen, amen and amen, amen, amen. You may be seated all over the house. Hallelujah. Over the, 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 the next few moments of tonight, I need a little bit of time, but I want to kind of lay some foundational things because I want to start a teaching tonight that if we will allow it, it will dynamically shift Dominion Church as we know it. Yes, again. Somebody say again. If we will wade into these waters, we will be swept away by a level of glory that we have never encountered before. Some of you think that services are powerful now. Let me tell you something, sweetie. You haven't seen nothing yet. Let me tell you, brother, hold on. Don't punch your ticket yet. Don't hit the parking lot just yet because you haven't seen anything about what God is wanting to do. Over the next few Wednesdays of Wonders, I'll be teaching distinctly on this concept of open heavens. But let me tell you something. Foundationally, I want to I share this. It kind of sets a prerequisite of where we're going. Because we live in a day and an hour where churches are being built on programs over presence. Can I tell you something? That there is a deficit and there is a shortage of bread in the land in the house of God. See, we see men standing behind pulpits that no longer deliver the word of the Lord. But instead there is an influx of self-help messages. I'm going somewhere with this tonight, church. I need you to hold on. The church has become so relationally focused that we have become so focused on our horizontal relationship that we have forsaken our vertical relationship. There are hundreds and thousands of self-help, self-help sermons preached every Sunday and Wednesday about how you can have a better life and how we can all get together better and how, how, you, can, how you can do this and do that and, and every day's a Friday. Come on, somebody. But before I get into the message tonight, I want to remind you of a scripture. In Mark 12 and 30, says this, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. And now verse 31. And the second is this, Love your neighbor as yourself, and there is no commandment greater than these. Can I tell you something? We've insisted on fixing broken relationships with, with each other so much, nobody is wondering why there is a broken relationship between heaven and earth. I got to teach tonight. We have grasped the second part of Mark 12 and 31, that we have no problem preaching messages. Come on, I got I to gotta teach tonight. We've got no problem teaching people to love their neighbor as they love themselves. 
Come on. We talk about, you know, we talk about all these relationship series. And trust me, I've preached to myself better together in unity. I, I understand the, 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 the complicity of how the church needs to learn to get together. But let me tell you something. We cannot skip over verse 30 that says we got to love the Lord. We got to love the Lord. We got to love the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. And so now we've become so horizontally focused in our relationships, we have forsaken the vertical relationship. We love sermon series about our homes, but don't talk to us about his house. We love messages about marriage and family, but yet there is no revelation of the family of God, and there is no revelation and impartation and activation of the Spirit of God in our lives. Lord, prepare us to be a sanctuary, tried and true, pure and holy. Father God, I'm not so much as worried about this as I am this. See, if I get this right, this will fall in a line. But now we have a complex in the land where the church thinks we got to fix this. And when we fix this, we will fix this. But the Bible I read in Matthew chapter 6 tells me, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things will be added. How do you get the completeness of the cross? You cannot be focused on just the arms stretched out. you got to be focused on the head fixated towards heaven. How do you get the completeness of the cross? You cannot have just arms stretched out saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. But you got to have the mouth of Jesus that says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It's not just on the horizontal, but it's equally as fixated on the vertical. I'm going somewhere with this tonight. So, where are the open heavens that Ezekiel talked about? Where are the manifestations of the glory of God? Where are the kinds of services that do not pack buildings with people, but pack people with the power of the Holy Ghost? Where is the weeping and the wailing services? Where are the moves of God that no longer are just talked about, but experience? Where are the moves of God that when God steps in a room, when God steps in a church, sinners come under conviction so much so that they cry out to God and say, Lord, get me right. See, I'm not here to fix your relationship tonight with your boss. I'm not here on assignment to tell you how you need to love one another. Let me tell you something. We don't need another self-help message. We don't need another fix-it sermon. I'm here to tell you that there's been a breach in the land against the relationship between heaven and earth. There is a breach in the land between the relationship of the church and the kingdom of God. There's been a breach in the land between the fixation of our relationship rather than here but to there. In the Bible I read that says in the last days you need to look up for your redemption draws nigh. But we've developed a culture in the church that says look out see many of us are frustrated because you're under waxed heavens you're under closed heavens you're, you're, you're under a place where, where you feel like you can't hear the voice of God. You're in a place where you feel frustrated because you're praying and you're, and you're calling and you're pulling and yet nothing is moving. Can I tell you the reason why? It's because it is not about fixing this relationship. It's about fixing this relationship. See, while your relationship with people may have purpose, your relationship with Christ is paramount. The Bible is clear. That as the end times are approaching, we must be looking 
up and not looking out. As I was in prayer service just tonight, the Lord began to speak to me and he said, distractions. Distraction. The spinning of wheels. And see, I think a lot of times if we're not careful, we will be so fixated on looking out that we're no longer looking up. And when we're not looking up, we have lost our traction. I'm speaking to the church at large tonight. I'm telling you that I believe that this message is a rhema now word for the body of Christ. I believe, I believe you ought to share it on your Facebook tonight, not just for believer, but for preacher alike. Because what we have to realize is we got to get back to the B-I-B-L-E. We got to understand that God created a relationship between us and him so that we could experience heaven in earth. Open heavens. Open heavens has been his plan. All along, I want, I want to talk really quickly into Ezekiel chapter 1. We find out that the prophet Ezekiel is in two things. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. The prophet Ezekiel is in a season of captivity. But equally as much, he is also in a moment of confusion. Watch this. He's in a season of captivity, but yet he is as equally in a moment of confusion. Why is the prophet Ezekiel confused? He is confused because he wants to know how can it be that the people of God are captive? I come tonight like a hammer against the rock. I'm going to break up this, this thing in our minds and our mentality because I'm sick and tired of being confused how you can call yourself a believer but yet be bound. I tell you that the two cannot be together. I came to tell you, you can't be bound and free. Yeah, the Bible I read tells me that when he who the Son sets free is free indeed. And if he's free indeed, then in him there is no binding. And in him there is no bound. And in him there is no covering of the heavens. That in him then is the fullness of life. So I need to break this down and teach you because I think that if we can look at the ecclesia. That's what I'm talking about tonight, the ecclesia. You know what the ecclesia is? The ecclesia is the very thing that Jesus, when he spoke to Peter, he said, and upon this rock I will build my ecclesia. Yes. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What kind of church do the gates of hell not prevail against? You ready for this? Two things that are conducive to a church that the gates of hell do not prevail against. The first is revelation and the second is relationship. A church that walks in revelation, the revealing of the Son of God. When he said, who do you say I am? He said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus looks at Simon Barjona and says, blessed are you, for, all, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. What did he say? It has not revealed this to you. Revelation. Watch, watch. So churches that operate where the gates of hell cannot prevail, they are fixated on revelation of the personhood and power of who Jesus Christ is. The second thing is this, that Peter was a disciple. He walked closely with the Lord. Relationship. Churches that are fixated on revelation and relationship. Watch this though. Not relationship on the outside, but relationship with the Lord. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
See, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And, and, and let me tell you something. Your enemy does not come as a devil with pitch, pitchfork in hand and, and horns on his head. The Bible says he masquerades himself as an angel of light. When the enemy comes in, he's going to look good. He's going to sound good. He'll give you a sermon that will even make you clap your hands because it will sound like truth. And now we've got a church that loves the cake but hates bread. The Bible says that in the last days many false teachers will arise and they will go about tickling the people's ears. In other words, telling them everything they want to hear. Watch this in Ezekiel 1. Ezekiel is in a season of captivity but a moment of confusion. But watch this, what is so powerful and yet so explicit in this moment. It's in the moment where he is confused and constrained that the heavens are opened. Did you catch that? It's in a moment of his confusion and even in captivity that the heavens are open. But in reading this text, we have to ask the question, if the heavens were opened, does that mean they can be closed? And in reading this text, it must lead us to ask if heaven can be closed. And if we hermeneutically expound upon the text, then we must also ask if closed, what closes heaven? If heaven can be opened, then was it closed? And if closed, what closes heaven? Deuteronomy. Chapter 11, verse 16. I got to teach tonight, but we're going somewhere. Take heed to yourselves. Least your heart be deceived and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Verse 17. As least the Lord's anger be aroused against you and he shut up the heavens so that there be no rain and the land yield no produce and you perish quickly from the good land which the Lord is giving you. You ready for three signs of a shut up heaven? Let me give them to you. They're right there in Deuteronomy 11 and 17. It says, and he shut up the heavens. So, somebody say so. And the signs of a shut up heaven is one, there is no rain. The second sign of a shut up heaven is there is a lack of production or a lack of fruit I'm telling you I, if you don't shout I'm going to shout tonight and the third sign that you're in a shut up heaven is that there is a quickening of perishing that you things perish quickly oh my god let me teach, let me talk, let me walk you through a couple things. You say, preacher, how is it that you're expounding upon a text and declaring that many of the churches are under a close heaven? Well, let me explain it to you a little bit like this. Because the Bible tells me that how do I know I'm under a shut up heaven is there is no rain. And the second sign is that there is a lack of fruit and production. In other words, nothing's being produced. But the third sign of a shut up heaven is things quickly perish 
Can I tell you that the Bible says that in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. There's an outpouring. Matter of fact, Elijah said it this way. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. But I wonder why is it that we are in a moment, in a season, in the, in the life of the church, but yet we seem like we're in a dry, barren wasteland. So, the signs of a shut up heaven. But now I gotta answer your question. So how does heaven close? Well, easy, that can be discovered right there in Deuteronomy 11 and 16. Go back to 11 and 16. Take heed to yourselves, lest your heart be deceived. So how does heaven close? You ready? If you're taking notes, write this down. Deception shuts heaven. Oh yeah, 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 we coming tonight. I'm reminded of what Paul told the church. Do not be deceived. Why? Because deception shuts heaven. Why? Because deception, what is deception? Deception is agreement with a deceiver. When you are operating in deception, you are in an agreement with the deceiver. Matter of fact, let me just go to the word. I just gotta, I just gotta, I just gotta teach this. I just gotta teach this. I just gotta teach this. We're going somewhere. Hold on, hold on, hold on. we're going somewhere. We're going, we're going, we're going. Revelation 12 and 9. Revelation 12 and 9. So the great dragon was cast out. Y'all, I need that little drawing board over there, please. You can bring it like right here, right here. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who Wake up, don't be deceived now. Who? That great serpent of old called the devil, Satan, who? Who does what? Who does what? The whole world, and he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Right there is good. Yeah, turn it just like that. Yes, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, 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 thank you, thank you, thank you. Watch this. I've got to show you something. So we understand then that there's this place called heaven. And understanding that this place called heaven is here, and the Bible tells me that Satan at one time abided there in Revelation 12. Tells me but that great dragon, the serpent of old, the deceiver, was thrown out of heaven. But not only was he thrown out of heaven, I want you to understand something. The Bible says that he was cast to the earth. Somebody say the earth. earth. Watch this. So here we have this place called earth. Satan and all of his little imps, his angels, those one-third that he recruited to be with him, the enemies of your soul were cast out. Why? Because they, he wanted to be like God. He wanted, he wanted things to worship him. He was prideful. He was jealous. He was envious. And so he was kicked out and he was thrown to the realm called earth. Everybody say earth. earth. Now watch this. Genesis 1-6. I promise you we're going somewhere. I am about to show you what you're really up against. If y'all can, put a camera on this and show this on there. Rather than the scripture, bring your Bible, pull your Bible out. If you want to follow me, Genesis 1, I want to show this drawing. And then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters 
from the, uh, from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. Somebody say it was so. It was so. Watch this. So the Bible says that there's this thing called a firmament here. I'm not going to spell it because y'all laugh at me. I barely can pronounce it. Watch this, watch this, watch this. And God called the firmament heaven. So watch, heaven is here. Everybody say heaven is here. The Bible says that there was waters here and there was waters here, but God put a firmament in the midst of them to separate the waters above from the waters below. Do y'all hear me? Come on, I need you. Uh, we're teaching tonight. We're teaching. Okay, watch this, watch this. And it was so. Somebody say it was so. And God called the firmament heaven and the evening of the morning were the second day and God said, let the waters under that heaven be gathered together under one place. Right? Waters under the firmament be gathered together and be one place. Watch this. And let the dry ground, dry ground appear and it was so. Somebody say it was so. So now you have to understand, in these waters, God said, let there be dry ground that appears. Watch this. God bless America. <laughs> then we love our brothers over here in Africa. Little Italy, they said it was a boot. Now watch this, watch this. I want, I want you to see something. This is land. Watch. He said, and let the, let the dry ground appear, and he called that dry ground land, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering of the waters together he called seas. Somebody say seas. seas. And God saw it, and that it was good. Hold on. So God calls this good. Matter of fact, if you go and read, you will find out that God calls this good. But God calls this space so. Now watch, I gotta teach, I gotta teach Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2 and verse 2. I'm teaching you tonight on open heavens. Ephesians 2 and verse 2. Pull it up for me, please. Ephesians 2 and verse 2. <clears throat> It says, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince, everyone say the prince, according to the prince, y'all in the wrong, wrong version, you need to be in the New King James Version, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of air, please, thank you, according to the prince of the power of air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So watch this. Why was, the, why was the firmament called so? I'll tell you why it was called so. Because God could not call a place good where he could not bless the enemy. Why did God have to call this space so? I'll tell you why. Because the Bible in Ephesians 2 tells me, watch this, that we don't have an enemy. When Satan in the realm of the earth is walking around, the Bible says that he's walking around on the earth to and fro seeking whom he may devour. But watch this, it says he's walking around as a lion here. Watch this, I gotta help somebody. He's walking around here, watch this, with no teeth. 
Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, oh, 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 yeah. I got to teach tonight. The Bible says that he cannot take your life. You've got an enemy with gums. And some of you so afraid of a devil, but all he can do is bark and he can't bite. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So what I need you to understand is he does not have dominion here. Why? Because you do. So, so God releases an enemy of your soul and when he's in the earth, he walks around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But watch this, he cannot take your life. Some of y'all getting gummed down by the enemy. Stay on track, huh? stay on track, stay on track. But watch this. The place where Satan walks to and fro is the earth. But watch this. The place that Satan operates in authority. Ephesians 2 said he was the... So the place that Satan operates in authority. Woo! Y'all better catch this now. Genesis 1 told me there is a heaven, there is a firmament, but then there is an earth. Genesis 1 told me that this place was so. Why is this place so? Because there's a prince of of the air that is occupying that space. And the frustration of every believer is being in this realm and God in this realm and trying to get what's in this realm. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness in heavenly, in heavenly, in heavenly places. I came to tell you, you better fix your focus on your fight tonight. It ain't to the left. It ain't to the right. It's looking up. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't you understand? Come on, Daniel Fasters. Watch this, Daniel Fasters. Daniel chapter 10, he said, he tells Daniel, he said, Daniel, I heard you the first day I was coming, but watch this, I was held up. He said, I was held up. It's the angel of the Lord. Where do the angels live? They live here. He said, I was held up. Why was he held up? Because he said, I wrestled with the prince of Persia. Let me teach to you and talk to you for a moment about regional principalities. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. He wrestled with the prince of Persia. But where did the wrestling take place? The wrestling did not take place on the earth. The wrestling did not take place in heaven. Because God, come on somebody. God releases the messenger of the Lord and on his way from heaven to earth with the answer for 20 days he is outside wrestling. He's wrestling with the prince of Persia. Watch this. Why is Satan in Ephesians 2 called the prince of the power of air? Why does the messenger of the Lord reference the principality that he was up against as the prince of Persia? I'll tell you why they occupy his princes because they think they're the next in line to the throne. And the reason why your fight is so heavy 
is because Jesus said, no, you're the next in line. We shall rule and shall reign. Come on. This is kingdom teaching. This is understanding of the manifestation of the sons of God. When you recognize just not your identity, but your royalty, then you will understand what the enemy is really against is your authority. The reason why Satan hates you so much is because he got kicked out and punished in a place called earth. And the reason why he hates it so bad is because God came down in the same place that he would know is his time out. And he got down in the dirt and he formed man and he breathed. And he said, now you rise up and rule. Now you... Satan came to earth thinking he was going to have dominion here only to find out too bad, sucker, we're next. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. I feel a stirring of revelation in this house. The reason why there is such a desperate need for an open heaven is so that there can be a direct passage. Watch this. Why do we got to quit playing church? Why do you really got to live what you say? Why do you got to come out from darkness? Why do you got to come out from among them and be ye separate? Why don't you get to sleep around and shout? Come on. Come on. I'm a preacher and I've wrestled with lust as a preacher. But let me tell you something. The reason why I got to keep it under subjection, the reason why I got to keep my foot on its neck is because I know it's more about the authority. It's more about keeping an open heaven. Somebody's got to breach the firmament. See, I'm going to teach over the next couple weeks now on how we really break this heaven open. Watch this, not just over our region, but over our individual lives. Over the next couple weeks, I'm going to show you scripturally, contextually, and hermeneutically, line upon line, precept upon precept, how a person standing here can be under an open heaven and the person that's shoulder to him can be under a closed heaven. But when the church all gets together and all of us that are under open heaven and we understand that there's a corporate anointing on this house, that we've been called to be the breakers anointing through the firmament, that we have the authority. The Bible said that we would boldly come to the throne of grace in our time of need, that we may obtain mercy. Watch this. I don't come in scared. I don't come in timid. I don't come even, even asking if I can have permission. I'm a son of the king. And when he sees his blood on my life, he stretches forth the golden sepulcher and says, come on in, son. Talking about sonship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to teach over the next couple of weeks how we really break this heaven open, not just in our lives, but over this ministry. Genesis 28, Jacob records a dream. Oh, I got a little revelation for you. Go read Genesis 28. The Bible said Jacob was tired and he laid his head on a rock. 
and he had a dream and the Bible said he saw a ladder but on that ladder he saw angels ascending and descending what's the revelation preacher let me tell you something sometimes it's in the hardest places of your life that God will give you the most profound dreams your head may be against the rock but he's about to show you who the rock of your soul is Genesis 28, he said, I saw angels ascending and descending. Jesus came fulfilling the scripture where he, where we, where we saw angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. He's the fulfillment of the ladder. Why? Because Jesus consistently walked under an open heaven. Jesus was our an example of what it looked like to live under an open heaven. I don't believe you, preacher. Good. Let me show you in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 then. And when he, who's he, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, came up immediately from the water, and behold the the heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending on him and lighting upon him. Can I tell you something? Jesus is our example. He is the profound, perfect example of what it looks like for man to be in the flesh but yet be in the fullness of the Spirit of God where there is nothing hindered and nothing restrained. When you live under an open heaven, you can say unto this mountain, Be ye removed, and it is picked up and cast into the sea. You can say unto the dead man, Lazarus, come forth, and he comes forth. Why? Because there's no hindrance between heaven and earth. And we see Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. And then in this manner, his disciples come to him, his disciples come to him and they say, they say, Master, teach us how to pray. You know, it's so amazing. They didn't say, Master, teach us how to open blinded eyes. They didn't say, Master, teach us how to resurrect the dead. They didn't say, Master, show us how to walk on water. They said, Master, teach us how to pray. Why? Because they understood that the petitioning of Jesus was the cracking of the can in the firmament and they watched as heaven was open. They knew that if they could get the prayer right, they could get the petition right and, the, and watch this earth would be in agreement with heaven. And the Bible said, whatever two things shall touch and agree. Amen. What is deception? The agreement with the deceiver. What is an open heaven? The agreement with truth. Come on, musicians, I'm done. I'm done. Hallelujah. Watch this. I'm closing with this. Three things. I want to give you three things. I, I, honest to God, I've got so much. God's been downloading to me for hours and hours on this context. Literally today, I had to shut it down because I knew that I could come in here and just and expound upon this concept. But I, I want you to get this. Listen to me, church. I don't want you just to hear it. I don't want to get messages tonight that say, man, that was a great message. No. I, I want to see people's lives change. I want to see people that are under wax heavens all of a sudden come in agreement with heaven that they quit worrying about what people think about him and they're more fixated on what he thinks about him and all of a sudden there's like a multitude of Jesuses walking around the PD region and all of a sudden when, when, when heaven moves we move you know why there's no moves of God it's because heaven it's not open for people to see what God is doing Jesus came preaching and he said therefore what the son sees the father do he will do also earth can only move on what heaven templates 
Do you understand that the tabernacle that was built in the wilderness, it was a template of what was already in heaven? Do you understand that the mercy seat, the ark of the covenant, do you understand that it was only a template of what was in heaven? Do you understand that God is looking for men that can see through the firmament and they can see what God is doing and they can build that pattern in the realm of the earth? That's what revival is. That's a real move of God. That's where you can see the Spirit of God moving unhindered, unrestrained, flowing in due to most power. That's where miracles happen. That's where Wednesdays of wonders crack open and all of a sudden they become Wednesdays of wonder. They become Thursdays of triumph. They become Fridays of fire. They become saturation of Saturday. Hallelujah! Because somebody, somebody could see what God was doing in the realm of the earth. Because there was an open heaven. There was an open invitation. Whosoever will, let him come. Ezekiel 1. He tells us three things that happened in that moment of an open heaven. You can go back into verse 2. Or excuse me, verse 1. Verse 1. Where he says that the heavens were opened. He said, I saw visions of God. Church, let me tell you why we so desperately need heavens opened over our life. Because God is sick and tired of the visions of men. God is longing for sons and daughters to get the visions of God. I'm confident of this. Do you know what Dominion Church is? I am confident of this. It's a vision of God. Kyle Meyer, Jamie Meyer, they're not smart enough to conceive and perceive. Our leadership team is not great enough to orchestrate. There is nobody that is serving that is, is mandated and mantled enough to begin to birth something like what we behold every Wednesday and Sunday and every day of the week. I had a pastor call me this, this week and he told me, he said, I've been praying. He said, and I've been praying, how can I partner with Kyle Meyer? He said, because I am aware of this, that there is no way that Kyle Meyer has come up with the vision. And I am confident that it is a God-given vision in your life. And I'm praying, and rather than being jealous, I'm saying, what can I do to partner with what you're doing, God? What am I telling you? I'm telling you that if you'll get an open heaven, You'll get visions of God. Verse 3, go to verse 3. What's the second thing that happens when we're under an open heaven? He said that the word of the Lord came expressly. What does that mean? That word expressly literally means clearly. If there was ever a day where the church needs a clear word from the Lord. God, eliminate the fuzz. Eliminate the distractions. God, get rid of the static that's in the prince of the power of air. Shut the fremnet down and open the heavens up. God, give us the now word of the Lord. The third thing, the third thing that happened is the hand of the Lord was upon him. I don't know about you, but I don't ever want to be where his hand is not. Why do we need open heavens, church? 
Why do we need to make sure there's nothing hindering the flow of heaven to earth? We're up against principalities. There's a prince of the power of the air, and he's trying to shut this portal down. I'll tell you why. It's because if you ever get the hand of God on your life, you'll never walk the same. You'll never talk the same. You'll never be the same. You'll forever be changed. Stand with me all over this house. God, we want an open heaven. Not because we want it, but God, my God, we need it, Lord. Lord, we need a move of God in this region and in this area where principalities are shut down, where demonic strongholds are broken, where captives are set free, where the sick are healed, and your name is glorified. Let me tell you something. You'll never have an open heaven in a region. You'll never have an open heaven in a nation. You'll never have an open heaven in a state. You'll never have an open heaven in a city until you have an open heaven in your life. And when you deal with the prince of the power of the air in your personal firmament, then God gives you dominion to have an open heaven at the next level. Watch this. Once you get an open heaven in your life, you get an open heaven over your home. And now all of a sudden, things that once were forcible now merely come by faith. You believe in whatever things you believe that you have received. You believe in your heart and doubt not. These things, whatever you say, you shall have. And all of a sudden, homes are blessed with jobs and finances and Sickness is not even a thing that's common in your home. Oh, come on. I'm going to preach all against that. And when we get dominion in our homes, then we can move to our cities. And now all of a sudden we get to sing songs like I see cities in revival. And they're not just songs, they're testimonies. And when we get an open heaven over our city, then we begin to see it crack in a region. And now all of a sudden, multiple ministries, there's outbreaks of the move of God and the Holy Ghost. Why? Because the prince of the power of the air in that region is shut down. There's a breach in the firmament. I believe, and I know scripturally, that the plan of God is this. That one day, the whole earth will be filled with this glory. In other words, there's coming a day where the one who has occupied the space between heaven and earth, he will be completely cast down in the bottomless pit and be sealed to never again rise. He'll be thrown into the fire forevermore. And the Bible says, And the glory of the Lord shall fill the whole earth. If you're here tonight and you need an open heaven in your life, if there's things that you know are blocking, hindering, restraining, and holding back the openness of the Spirit of God in your life, come to this altar right now. Come, come. And begin to pray for the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to get back. I got to get back to preaching about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the sanctification of a vessel, the cleansing of a ready vessel, ready for glory, ready for honor, ready for the Spirit of God to move in and move out of. I want you to pray this. I want you to say, Lord, you can pray just like this. Lord, if the baptism of the Holy Ghost is real, I believe you for it and I want it. That's all you got to say. God.
God, if all this tongue-talking, fire-baptized stuff is real, if the Pentecostal experience of Acts chapter 2 is for today, I want it. That's all you got to say. He said, seek, you'll find, ask, and it'll be given to you. Knock, and it will be opened.